You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Washington Landlord takes out a full-page ad in one of our major newspapers here in Seattle telling others, other landlords, to refuse to rent anything in October. Is this what it's coming to? Landlords going on their own full lockdown. Yeah, we're just not going to rent anything in October. Protest, a sit-in, a landlord sit-in. Is that going to accomplish anything? Is that is it well-intentioned? I understand kind of the whole thought process of landlords are getting screwed. They truly are. Now, if you want to believe the whole, well, we need to keep people housed. And if they can't make their rent, they can't get evicted. We can't have them evicted. <clears throat> All right. But the whole coronavirus thing, that, that shutdown thing, that happened a while ago. We've been back. Market has been full tilt. We've got 11 million jobs that need fulfilling, right? Across the United States. And yet we've still got these eviction moratoriums. A large part of that is because the federal money hasn't gotten into the hands that need it, mainly the landlords. And the tenants need it to get in the hands of the landlords so they don't get evicted. But this one landlord, he's like, refuse to rent anything, and he takes out a full-page ad, full-page ad in the newspaper. That's what we're talking about today. Let's see what he has to say. See what he has to say as far as why he's doing this and how this is going to help other landlords out. All right. Before we jump on in, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and I read the news from that perspective. All right. Let's jump on. And this is Cairo Radio and it's the Dory Monson show. He's an interesting, um, he brings interesting perspective as well. Governor Jay Inslee announced last week that he is extending a statewide eviction moratorium bridge period another month to October 31st. The last moratorium was going to expire in September, end of September, just a few. uh, It's literally like two days from now when I'm recording this. But instead, we've got a we've got yet yet another bridge, a bridge, whenever I think of a bridge, I think of it helping us to get from one point to another. And in this case, it just feels like the bridges were just adding on more bridge after more bridge after more bridge. And we've got one of those bridges that is just so rickety at the end. There's nothing that's going to happen other than the inevitable. It's all going to fall down. That's what I think of when I think of all these bridge periods that have been just, you know, put on the back of one after another. We've had like six extensions of the eviction moratorium. I think landlords are getting to the point where like, yeah, when it ends, just wake me up from this nightmare and we'll we'll get back to whatever it is we're doing. So meanwhile, President or uh, not President, <laughs> President Inslee. Whew, wow. Freudian slip there, right? Oh, not good. Meanwhile, landlord Don Cullen is trying to rally support and get the attention of lawmakers in the form of multiple full page ads in the Seattle Times. These are not ads. Wait till we we see how much these cost. In this particular ad, I'm trying to get the landlords to band together and refuse to rent anything in the month of October as a matter of protesting and showing what a necessity we are to the country, he told Cairo Radio's Dory Monson show. My second part of the ad was to ask people that if they're selling anything, 
sell it to private owners, owner occupants to shrink the rental pool again to get the attention of the brainless politicians. All right. Um, I, I, I see his logic here. Is this helpful? I don't know. Sure grabs headlines and it gives me something to talk about for a podcast, right? But it's a little bit over the top, but I get it. If I was a, if I was a big scale landlord, this guy's had uh, somewhere around a hundred units over the years. He's down to just a handful. He's saying now, cause he's fed up. Um, if you're a, if you're a, a good scale, good scaled, uh, landlord or even a small landlord of maybe three or four units, maybe five units, and you've got a couple that your tenants aren't paying that could be paying, that puts the landlord on the real hot seat. I don't need to tell you that. Everybody kind of understands, hey, this whole thing throughout the whole pandemic has been so lopsided in in favor of the tenant. And the landlord has had little to no control of what is typically the largest asset in somebody's life. Homes, real estate. There's There's very little else out there that's um, that you know, falls into the same scale as owning a home. It's typically always the largest investment of somebody's life. And to have the government come along and say, yeah, yeah, you can't kick anybody out. Plus, here's how you're going to have to evict them. Plus, here's what you're going to have to do. And in the city of Seattle, it's gotten even worse. All right. That 60 days notice you used to be able to give for a rent increase, well, that's now 180. It, it's, it's six months. You want a rent increase? You're going to have to wait six months to actually implement that. And you're going to have to notify the tenant now. All right, you got six months. And if you jack the rent up over 10%, mm, yeah, you're going to have to pay the tenant like three months worth of rent towards their relocation. That's how silly it's become renting single family homes or renting units within the state of Washington and specifically in Seattle. So these landlords, they're, they're just, they're just flat pissed off and I don't really blame them. They've had to, they've had to weather an enormous storm here. And, um, you know, if landlords can get through this, I, and I have worked with so many landlords who have been like, okay, yeah, I want to sell. I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And, I don't really blame them. I wouldn't want to deal with this either. Um, so this guy is saying, number one, don't rent anything in the month of October. That would be interesting. Hey, can I rent that? No. Why? Well, we're on strike. We're, we're, we're not renting. What do you mean? That's not a practical solution, I think, for most landlords. They, you know, you don't rent for a month. That is one twelfth of your income for the year that, if your unit is vacant, that you are not going to get. So you've taken any profits and just flushed them down the uh, flushed them down the toilet. There's a lot of landlords that are doing the best they can that have held in there, and I think that we're close to sunsetting these eviction moratoriums. I really do. I think that after we get the majority of the federal money into the state and local hands, that it and then it gets distributed. There's just not going to be any other excuses 
to keep these man, these uh, moratorium, these eviction moratoriums going. And at some point in the very near future, in Seattle, it's going to be like January fifteenth. But everything is so hosed in Seattle anyway, from a, a political spectrum that you know why would you expect anything else? The Shama Sawant campaign recall. That got the thumbs up from the election committee or whatever it is. They needed like 10,000 something uh, votes, 10,279. I don't know. It's something like that. They got the votes. It's going to be like a December uh, election for yay or nay. Are we uh, getting rid of Shama Sawant from her political position? The recall. And so that's going to happen. That 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 process is going to happen. Super interesting. Uh, you got to remember, though, and if you don't know who Shama Sawant is, she sits on the Seattle City Council. And um, she's done some stuff that uh, some people think is just straight up illegal. Um, you can Google her and, and, and see what she did. But she she led a led a uh, protest on the mayor of Seattle's house, private residence, even though the mayor is a uh, former federal prosecutor and, you know, identifying her home is kind of a big no, no, it's a little bit off limits. And the protesters with Shama Sawant, yeah, they did a little, they did a little bit of, uh, you know, decoration of the exterior of uh, the mayor's house, yeah, a little extra added art, otherwise known as graffiti. Um, and then Shama Sawant also, I'm off tangent here, but I, I think you know a lot of people want to hear about this. Shama Sawant also, during the middle of the pandemic, at night, let, let her group of protesters, the peaceful protesters from Chop Slash Jazz, into City Hall. Just, hey, you guys, let's go hang out. Then also use some campaign funds for the Tax Amazon campaign, use some... Uh, some city funds to she, she paid a fine like 3600 bucks that's kind of resolved but there's a bunch of bunch of questionable stuff but at the end of the day on that storyline city of seattle residents voted her in and then they voted her in a couple more times but now they're kind of at that point where like yeah we, we don't really want her in, in, in anymore so recall campaign. So we've got that going on. Meantime, we've got this eviction moratorium going on forever. And this guy taking out the full paid ad page ads calling the uh, the politicians brainless. Oh, those are those are fighting words there. All right. But let's keep going. Cairo seven TV reports that the ad in this week's paper was the second Cullen purchased. And then he is planning to purchase a third ad. But it's rumored He's going to ask for a discount. Can I get like 20% off for my third ad here? These things are expensive. I should have just rented out my unit. Nah, I'm joking. And I understand what he's doing. But I don't know if it's going to solve anything. But it does bring awareness to this situation, which is landlords, specifically in Washington and Seattle, hosed, hosed throughout this for no real reason. Hey, you lost your job during the pandemic. Well, join some of the landlords. They didn't get protection for when they lost their job either. Figure it out. Figure figure it out. Figure out a game plan. That's what everybody else is doing. But for some reason, we just thought, uh, no rent. Good call. Yeah. Yeah, no rent. 
It's like you signed a contract, everybody else is figuring out all the other contracts they signed. Why is it specifically that landlords got a cover for tenants that may or may not have been able to pay? It's an interesting question, isn't it? All right. So one of his goals from the ads is to create a shortage of rental housing. I don't think that needs to be a goal of anybody because that's happening as we speak on its own. But I think it is really interesting that this guy understands the correlation. And he's a landlord, he's owned a lot of units. He understands the correlation between selling to an owner occupied and selling to another investor. He gets the fact that when you sell to owner occupied, you shrink that rental pool, you're not selling to another investor who's going to rent it out again, you shrink that rental pool, those rents, they're going through the roof. I don't know if it would necessarily drive up price, but I want to get the attention of the brainless politicians. There he goes again, calling them brainless. No, they have brains. They're just really, really small and, and not and not effective. So uh, yeah, brainless. Uh, that's a that's a that that's a that's a tough one. But I again, I understand where he's going with this. That he he doesn't think that they're using their tiny little brains as much as they possibly could be. I don't know if it would necessarily drive up price, but I want to get the attention of the brainless politicians that we serve, not just a need, but a necessity, just like the farmers. And he's talking about housing. All right. So you've basically taken, let's put it in the position of a farmer. And yeah, although we're not going to have part of your farming community pay any bills, you still need to produce the the uh, you pr need to produce the crops. All right, how about that? People would just have a cow. But that's exactly what's had to happen to landlords. Yeah, you guys still just got to cover everything. Work it out, figure it out. This governor has some single handedly ruined the credit rating of hundreds, if not 1000s of Washingtonians, he added, who's going to rent to a non payer. All right. And the the article here does indicate whether or not a renter is reported to a non as a non payer, however, is up to the landlord. And guess what landlords are not going to report that for the most part, especially during the pandemic, because it's probably not going to go anywhere. They want to get paid. They just want to get paid. So I think a lot of landlords are They've either done the transition through the bad tenants or what few bad tenants they do have left, given that it is almost October of 2021. And this situation has been going on, um, you know, for forever. And um, I feel like we're kind of at the tail end of it. It just can't have much more air behind it, right? So if they're not sure it's going to get reported on their credit rating, take them to small claims court, get a judgment that will be on their credit rating, Cohen suggested. Okay, yeah. But then again, that is a big long process. And most landlords, they just want to get a tenant in there that's paying, they've been put through the ringer already, the landlords have, they don't want to go to small claims court. And I know all these things sound great in theory. But they're a total hassle. And the landlords just want to have tenants in there that aren't destroying their property, that are paying their rent on time, because that's when things go more smoothly. Taking people to small claims court, yeah, you can do that. But you can spend all day doing that kind of thing too. 
You know, ah, you, you need to make sure that everybody follows all the rules. All right. And so then all you get is like your rule following police, man, woman, work done. And you don't get any real work done. So the landlords, they, they're just, if you got a tenant, you're going to try and get that tenant out. Hey, get that tenant to leave voluntarily. They get out. You may not get your money back for the, the rent that you're owed. But I think so many landlords have already kind of bailed and said, okay, yeah, what's it going to take to get this tenant out? If maybe this tenant's already leaving. And then you figure out whether you want to be in the process with the government to get your money for back back rent owed um, and go down those roads. But we're getting towards the end here. The end is near, in my opinion. It's a lot more near than it is far. So Cohen says that he actually only has one non-payer across his properties. And for a lot of landlords, that's not even the point. It's just that their asset has basically been frozen in what they can do. And yet they are still obligated to pay 100% of all the bills, including mortgages, if you've got them. Because non-owner-occupied properties often don't get a mortgage forbearance. That's for owner-occupied properties only, typically. So, you know, we, we've got this, this set of rules that applies to some people, doesn't apply to tenants, other than giving them all the protections in the world. And yet we're at that point where there's going to be some evictions. Evictions are happening across the country. So uh, he's talking about the one guy who isn't paying rent. Um, this was a bachelor who, when he found out he didn't have to pay his rent, he quit his job and is living on drug sales and theft, Cohen said. All right. Well, that's not good. That's not a good tenant. I would want to evict him too. All right. He hasn't been charged with dealing drugs. But he has actually been arrested and charged with breaking into the apartment next door to his. So now, now we're, now we're going down some roads of, you know, arguably he said, she said, we said, they said, okay, maybe he has been charged. But the real issue, if he's not paying rent and he could be, that's wrong. That is wrong. And he owes. So who's going to make, who's going to make our Cullen landlord whole? That's where things get a little rough, right? So if he's only had one non-paying renter, why is he invested in this? We're talking about Cohen, the landlord. Well, because it's a statewide problem, a countrywide problem, Cohen said. And I'm just taking a stand for all the landlords, not just me. That's why I think this is you know, an issue worthy of bringing up on a podcast. If we just stopped renting for a month, that would get their attention, he added, without getting an attorney and going through all the court processes. Talking about suing, because this has basically been an illegal action. Um, and, and most landlords, they're just trying to make it through to the other side. This has been just such a hassle. And I, you know, I, I think the large percentage of tenants have been paying their rent. Depends what community you're, you're in. Um, the majority have been paying their rent, but it doesn't, it, it takes a very small percentage of tenants to not pay their rent to really rock the boats of landlords who maybe this is their retirement income. Maybe they're on a, maybe they're just getting started and they don't have a lot of reserves. Now, all of a sudden they're paying the mortgage, the insurance, the taxes, the maintenance they're paying all of that stuff, the repairs, the AC unit that goes out, the whatever, the toilet breaks, got to fix it, 
uh, water line bursts, um, clogged sewer lines, hole on the roof, water damage, all that good stuff that comes with owning re- with coming uh, with owning real estate. They're still on the hook for all that stuff, whether or not that tenant is legit in his ability to pay or not pay. So as to whether or not other landlords can afford what Colin is asking, he says, we'll see. I I think very few other landlords jump on board with this. Uh, I get where he's going with it. And I understand his frustration. However, I think it's kind of like day late dollar short. This doesn't make a lot of sense. But it brings awareness, it brings further awareness to an issue that to me is just bonkers that it's here at all. I mean, it's just, if you evict somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean they become homeless, does it? There's lots of people that get evicted for lots of different reasons. Throughout the years, there's always a certain percentage of people that are going to get evicted. They fall on bad times, whatever, you know, just it happens. It's part of life, unfortunately, for some people. And so when that happens, can we expect their landlords to just keep covering and paying the bills? No, people got to figure it out themselves. If they signed a contract, they need to honor that contract and be good people. Now, if they lose their job, all right, what about having six months of emergency, you know, savings set up? What about that? Well, they can't afford to rents too expensive. All right, well, then you need to move somewhere else where rent is more affordable. So you can have the six months set aside, you know, just uh, there's a whole laundry laundry list of basically what it comes down to is self responsibility. Take care of your own, take care of your own issues. And that might sound harsh, but life is kind of harsh sometimes. Sometimes life is going to deal you something like you're a landlord and all of a sudden you've got an eviction moratorium and you've got a tenant who isn't paying. You're still going to have to make all those payments. People don't really recognize that as being a real thing that's been happening. They just look at the tenants and go, Oh, I sure hope they don't get kicked out. Because there's people that get evicted all the time. Just it's part of life. It's part of living. Some people, you know, stuff happens. They lose their job, whatever. They're going to get evicted. It doesn't mean they, they automatically get kicked to the curb and they're outside. And now all of a sudden they're going and living in a homeless facility. That's near houseless, I guess we should say. That's not necessarily how this works. People couch surf, people do all kinds of stuff to figure out, all right, what's my next move here? And they keep working towards that solution, which is get that house, get, you know, get the roof over their head again. So the whole, this whole fear mongering deal that the minute somebody gets evicted, that means they're automatically on the streets. And then will their next step was, you know, they're going to be in a super densely packed homeless environment, uh, you know, some kind of homeless shelter where they're just going to pass around the Rona. Well, we know that that's been kind of squared away, that that's not been happening, right? 
So what we did is we kind of knee jerked a situation and just said, you know what, we're, we're just going to have the landlords, we're just going to have the landlords cover this. Let's just make it easy. Landlords, you guys are on the hook, eviction moratorium. Tenants, if you can't pay, don't worry about it. We'll work it out later. So yeah, here's where we are. Whether tenants are going to not going to be able to be rented to again, well, if a landlord is looking for rent history and wants to call your previous landlord, and that landlord says, those people owe me $5,320 in back rent, don't rent to them. How's that going to work out for that tenant who owes money? Not well. So from that standpoint, so from that standpoint, yeah, if you haven't been paying rent, and this comes up as part of your rental history, this is going to impact your future ability to rent. So I'm not the statement that the governor is uh, responsible for ruining people's credit. Those people, um, you know, if they haven't, if they don't have the option of doing anything else other than not paying, well, then here we are. And they're going to have to deal with it. It's kind of like if you stop making payments on your credit card, you're going to have to deal with the consequences, which means your credit rating is going to drop, you're going to have a hard time getting financing for things, you're probably not going to be able to buy a home, a little bit harder to get a car, you know, all that stuff that just comes with not, you know, if your credit gets impacted. So that happens. So it'll be interesting to see if there's anything more on this storyline as far as landlords actually not renting. Be, be curious. There's going to be probably a, a couple of landlords who are like, yeah, nope, it's October. Not doing it. We're on strike. Just going to let it sit vacant. Another month. No income. No, we're not doing anything on purpose. Yeah, I mean, there's always a percentage of people that that's going to be, you know, that's going to be how they handle things. But I think it's going to be few and far between. And uh, encouraging people to sell to owner occupied. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't really control that process. What you can do is you can put the home on the market. And if it's, you know, if it's commanding a decent price, you're probably going to get an owner occupied buyer, you're probably not going to get another investor. Because so many of the properties that get sold now, they're so expensive that they just don't pencil unless you've got a huge down payment. Uh, even with low interest rates, a big down payment on a million dollar home, you know, 20%, 200 grand, you still got debt service of 800 grand, you've probably got some pretty high taxes in there, rent's not going to cover it. So yeah, who are you selling to most in most of those cases, you're selling to an owner occupied buyer who's going to move into that unit. And yes, that restricts the supply of rental housing. And we're already seeing rents go through the roof. So, you know, a lot of what this guy is saying with his don't rent in October, it, 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 it's going to come true, maybe just not directly through the way he's identifying it. But the, um, the foundation of what he's saying, yeah, it's probably gonna happen one way or the other. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see it'll be, I think this is one of those instances when the eviction moratoriums finally get, you know, sunsetted. It's going to be one of those things where we just don't really talk about it anymore. You do you remember when we used to have an eviction moratorium? Yeah, what happened with those? Well, they just kind of went away. And yeah, I mean, you know, here we are. And 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Did anybody get evicted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I saw there. You know, a few hundred people got evicted, but they probably would have got evicted anyway. So you know, you can't get too worked up over that. Like, oh, okay, yeah, huh? Weird. That whole thing just kind of blew over. Yeah. Hey, do you think we'll get the Sonics back? <laughs> I, th I, th I think that's how this goes. I honestly do. So I will do my best and I commit to you to find out if if there's any more ads that this guy posts. He's got what, 12 grand coming up on 13 grand in three ads. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to get your message out there. Um, but you know, it's a free country. Kinda. You know, excluding the landlords, of course, excluding the landlords and anybody needing to get the jab for their job, you know, can't really call that situation free either. So yeah, if there are updates on this storyline, I'll bring them for you right here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the, of the podcast. I'll catch up with you guys soon. Until then, stay safe, make good choices. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.